And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, today's going to be a bit of an interesting service because the more I worked on this, the more it seemed God wanted to take it in a totally different direction. So bear with me, but today might become scary church, <laughs> which I think Jeff promised us a while ago. Okay. Was the Holy Spirit important to Jesus? Yeah. Um, where does the Bible tell us that? Anyone have a reference or a verse they can remember? How about when he told the 12 to wait in Jerusalem until they got the gift of the Spirit? And keep in mind, these are people who had ministered with Jesus or been with him for three, three and a half years, day in and day out, and saw him do the things he did. These are also people who had personal experience on how it worked because remember, Jesus commissioned the 12 and sent them out. And when they came back, they reported to Jesus the things that they were able to do through the Spirit, right? So even though they had three years of day in and day out with the Lord and had personal experience of his power working through them, he still told them not to leave the city until they were clothed with power from on high, correct? So Jesus felt this was pretty important. Um, Paul also says this. Um, but I want to go first to Matthew. In Matthew 6.33, I believe, it says, Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you. So we are supposed to, as Christians, seek first God and his kingdom. Any questions on that? I'm hoping I can stand on that as something we all know. Okay. The kingdom. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 4.20 that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of what? Action. Pardon? Action. Action. Power is the word. And the word there was dunavis in the Greek, which is an explosive kind of power. It's the power, it's the word from which we get dynamite. It's the power to blow things up, to radically change things, okay? So we were told, and forgive me while I go back to the notes, that we should seek the kingdom, and the kingdom is not demonstrated by what we know. Kingdom is not demonstrated by what we feel, although without love it's totally worthless. Kingdom is demonstrated with power, correct? Okay, so I think we've got that base covered. So, the process we've used here in the last five weeks is talking about how our topic applied to Jesus, how it applied to the disciples, how it applied to the church, and how it applies to us as individuals, correct? Okay. So, how did the Holy Spirit apply to Jesus? And I think a good place to begin is the, the baptism of Jesus. If you remember, Jesus was baptized by John, who at first did not want to baptize Jesus. Remember that, he said, we shouldn't do this, and Jesus said, yes, to fulfill the scriptures, we need to do it. 
So Jesus is baptized. Immediately after that, the heavens open. Some say we're open to Jesus. Some scriptures say we're torn open, but the heavens were open. And I believe all the accounts say that the Holy Spirit in bodily form as a dove descended on Jesus, correct? And the account in John says it stayed there. I'm going to go off script a little bit here and um, talk a little bit about what Leif Hetland says. Everyone familiar with the orphan spirit? In an orphanage, don't the children wait at the window to see if someone's going to come visit them? Come visit them for a little while and then leaves, right? Yeah. How many of us do that with the Holy Spirit? How many of us come to church hoping the Holy Spirit will show up and that we'll get a touch and then leave and go about the rest of our week? I'm getting some looks and some nods. That's an orphan spirit. We are Christians. We are followers of Christ. We have the Holy Spirit as a permanent part of us. It does not leave. It is in us. The Spirit comes on us. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will not make you orphans. We need to get over the orphan mentality. We need to understand that as believers or followers Christ, we have the Holy Spirit always. Every step we go. It's not a matter of if he's with us. It's a matter of if we turn and use what he's giving us. That make sense? Okay. That was free. Um. <laughs> yes, Sally, it's, it's a mess, I know. <laughs> you don't? I don't think Bill's here. Okay. Um. So, we have the one where Jesus is baptized and spirit comes on him. We also have a verse. Um, you know, I'm going to forgive me while I get lost here. Okay. This is Luke 5, 17 through 20. One day while he was teaching... Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting nearby. They had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Just then some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a bed. They were trying to bring him and lay him in front of Jesus. But finding no way in, they took him up on the roof and they lowered him through a hole. And forgive me, I'm not seeing very well, so I'm ad-libbing here a bit. And they lowered him in the middle of the crowd at Jesus' feet. Now Jesus says his sins are forgiven and that he's healed because of the faith. But pick up on this version in Luke where it says, and the power of the Lord was with him to heal. This story is referenced in at least three of the Gospels, but this is the only one that brings out the power of the Lord was with him to heal. Jesus did everything he did through the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, any questions there? How about the disciples? Did the disciples have and depend on the Holy Spirit? Okay, and what's a good biblical reference for that? 
would we say Acts, I believe it's one through four. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and the tongues rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and, be and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Say that's the disciples getting the Holy Spirit. Do you remember what happened after that? The disciples go out into the street and they start speaking in tongues. Now because of the commotion, people from the area, Jerusalem, all gather around. Now these are Jews from every area of the world that were in Jerusalem or of the known world. Most of them did not speak Hebrew, they spoke other languages. And yet they marveled because they were hearing the disciples, men of Galilee by the way, and that's brought out because Galilee was considered to be the uneducated people, the ones that didn't know much. People from Galilee were speaking in the native language of these people that, that were in Jerusalem. And they marveled at the fact that they could hear the word of God and stories of God and deeds and power of God in their own native language. That sound like something that's powerful from the Spirit? And I believe it goes on to say that 3,000 were saved that day. Okay, we're all comfortable with that. The next thing we look at is how about for the church? Um, in the church, we're talking now, we're going to look at Acts 16, 25 through 28. This is the story where Paul is sitting in a prison cell. Silas is with him. They've been in prison. They've been beaten. And in the prison, they're singing songs, singing hymns, worshiping God. And this is the middle of the night. And all the other prisoners are listening. Anyone remember what happens next? Scripture says a violent earthquake came. Now, in this violent earthquake, all the doors of the jail are opened. Okay, I can see a door being opened by an earthquake. But the next thing says, and all the shackles and chains came off. Is that a bit of a stretch in the natural world? Now, we can see a door frame break, you know, shaking and the little latch popping out, the door popping open. I can rationalize that in my mind. I don't very easily rationalize the locks falling off the shackles and the chains coming off. But that's what the scripture says, right? Does that look like a move of the spirit? What's the next thing that happens? You remember? The jailer wakes up. And when the jailer wakes up and sees what has happened, he grabs his sword to kill himself because he assumes all the prisoners have left. And being the prison keeper, if they've left, he's going to be executed. It's not doing his job. So he's just going to save the Roman government the, the problem and do it himself. And Paul yells out at him and says, don't hurt yourself, we're all here. Did that surprise the jailer? The prisoners in the prison were set free by the Holy Spirit, and yet they didn't leave. Okay. So... 
That's a function of the Holy Spirit in the church. And I've been truncating this purposely because I want to get to the next piece, and that is us today. It is my belief in my heart that in order to actually go forth and witness for Jesus, we need to have personal experience in our life with the Holy Spirit. We need to have something so strong in our background that when people and forces come against us, we can stand on it and say, I know this is real because this happened, I was there. Everyone comfortable with that? Okay. So Jeff promised scary church a while ago, and I think we're going to get to that point. I want to tell one story about church today, and this is to do with John Wimber. I don't know how many of you have followed the teachings of Wimber and his, what he did, but he used to hold large, you could call them rallies, you could call them you know, conventions, whatever, where they would fill auditoriums and people would come hear him speak and demonstrate healing. But very typically he would start off by saying, come Holy Spirit, and then he would be quiet. Sometimes 10 minutes, sometimes 20 minutes. And the staff that he brought with him did not like this. They're in the back or in the side room, you know, when's he gonna do something? Because silence builds tension, doesn't it? So one particular night he had been silent, as I recall the story, for about 30 minutes. And the people he brought with him are beside themselves now. When's he gonna do something? And he had just said, come Holy Spirit, and he stood there, waiting. The Spirit shows up, and he sees it. And he points over, and the, the videos I've seen always show to his left, I don't know, I wasn't there. Points over and calls out a man and says, you're gonna get a new set of teeth. And the people around the man watched his rotten teeth fall out and a brand new set of teeth go into his head. Is that power? Is that something we do without the Holy Spirit? I've met a couple people that were there and testified to the fact that it was weird and it was scary, but it happened. How many of us would like to have an experience something like that that we can stand on and know that the Holy Spirit is alive and well today and will show up today and will bring the kingdom forth? Anyone tracking with that? Yeah. I've got Sally's head bouncing, Don, Lindsay. Okay. At this point, Jeff typically reads a couple stories, and I'm not going to do that. I want us to build our personal experience. So all I'm going to do is stand here, and Lord Jesus, please help. And I'm going to say, come Holy Spirit, and we're going to wait. And if you start to feel the Spirit moving on you, come up and let's see what's going on.
Did everyone hear what Ray said? I guess I should ask, did anyone not hear what Ray said? Does the number five mean anything to anyone here today? Fortunately, we didn't have to wait 30 minutes for the spirit to start moving in here. I just talked to Chris and she's getting pictures. Chip got a word of someone in here is dealing with unresolved family issues. Um, anybody else getting anything right now? Rosie, you getting anything? Cindy, you getting anything? Okay, someone's dealing with words that were spoken over them and they need to let go.
It would be prophetic words where someone had given a prophecy to someone. Negative words? Okay. Dealing with Someone's dealing with negative words that have been spoken over them. Okay. If that's you, could you go sit with Cindy or be with Cindy and let her pray with you? And if there's anyone dealing with unresolved family issues of any type, Chip? Does everyone know who Chip is? And what were the pictures you were getting, Chris? Spiritual blindness. I'm sorry? Okay. Did everyone hear that? God wants to strip this, the scales off of someone's spiritual eyes. Anyone relate to that? Chris, would you come pray with Ray? And then when you're done, I'll take some of that too. How's your knee doing? But that doesn't sound like it's 100% yet. No, no, no one goes to that with Sally. There's times when you need. Can I sick Sally on you? Please. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we are children of the God of all creation. And we know he heals.
Anybody else getting anything from the Spirit right now? Is anyone right now struggling with doubt? And don't be embarrassed. Remember in the scripture someone said, uh, Jesus, help my unbelief. It's okay to doubt this stuff. This is not what our Western society thinks of as san sane or real. But I'm here to tell you it is. But Patty got the word doubt, so if anyone's struggling with that, go see Patty, or Patty, if the Spirit leads you to anyone in particular, just go. Did everyone hear that? Okay. Chip's feeling that someone in here is very overwhelmed and they don't know what steps to take forward. Is that basically a chip? Yeah, I'm seeing a wall. They're hitting a wall. Okay. Is the heart posture fearful or curious and wants it? Desperate. Desperate. Okay. Desperate for answers. Desperate for answers. If that's you, please see Chip or indicate and he'll come with you. Or Chip, if, if the Spirit highlights to you who it is, just go.
doing okay? Good. Okay, I have um, a question. I just talking to Donna Conway, and she says whenever she's here or at home, Donna, and she puts her hands out in worship, she feels a physical presence, like a weight on her hands. So she knows the spirit's touching her, but she keeps asking what it's what it's about or what it means. Am I reading that correctly? God loves community, so it's very, very possible that he will give someone else that answer that you can share with Donna. So seek the Lord, if you would, and see if you're getting something to speak to her about the pressure or the weight in her hands. So just continue to pray. Just continue to minister if you're doing that. Um, I was talking to Tyler and to Nicholas, and we both sense, all three of us sense, that there is a demonic attack trying to press down what the Spirit's doing because the Spirit is here moving right now. Amen. So we're going we're gonna to pray, and you can join me in that. You can continue to minister if you're ministering to someone. But, Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we come against every demonic force every attack of darkness, every bit of oppression that might be on someone's life or in this room. Holy Spirit, this is not a, this is not an equal battle here. You are the clear winner. You are the clear victor. So we command any demonic force, any ungodly thing to go in the name of Jesus right now. We ask for the fire of the Lord to fall into this place and burn out anything that isn't of him. Lord, if it's any of us, God, that are being oppressed, Lord, we just, we just release right now that there would be freedom in this room. In Jesus' name, freedom from any attack, freedom from any oppression. We speak to the atmosphere and we command it to shift in Jesus' name right now so that ministry and miracles would flow easily. Lord, send your angels to guard and bind, and, and bind anything of the enemy and just have your way, Lord. Just have your way.
I believe Randy Clark would call this a teaching moment. <sighs> Jeff and I are firmly convinced that this church is on the path God wants it on right now and is seeking the spirit and moving after the spirit is definitely what we should be doing. But there is an enemy out there that does not want us to do that. And he will <coughs> oppose us and the way he opposes us most is to tell us that the spiritual stuff is not real and then challenge our identity and tell us we are not equal heirs with Christ and we cannot move in the same power Jesus did. And he will tell us that he's the victor. The reality is, is Jesus is the victor and we are joint heirs with Christ and we do share the same Holy Spirit he did. Hang on to that belief with all your heart, strength, and might because that is what will get you through the oppression of the enemy. And it will come. If we are a church that is not a threat to Satan and we are not challenging his authority and we are not taking his kingdom from him, he will leave us alone because we're just not a threat. But as we move more into who we were meant to be, as we move more into the kingdom of light and bring that kingdom to earth, the enemy's gonna notice and try to stop us. Stand firm in God's promise that we are his children. Stand firm that Jesus says he will never abandon us never leave us, will not make us orphans. And we can bring light to this dark world. One of the things that I've been feeling since I started with Jeff, has it been 11 years ago now, Sally? 12 years ago? Okay. I want this church to be a place where the culture of, king of heaven's kingdom exists and there is no sickness. There is no pressure, there's no strife. We are all, and when I say of one mind, I don't mean we all think the same, same thoughts, but we are all focused on Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all realize that every one of us share a part in that and there's no competition between us. We're going for the same goal. Personally, I wanna be able to walk into hospitals and clear them. I wanna have my picture at the front desk saying he can't come in because he's ruining our business. <laughs> and I don't wish them any ill will. I just want God's kids to all be healthy and whole. You got it? When Chip was talking about the oppression, um, the verse um, 
in Job 38, 12 through 15 came to mind where uh, the Lord commands the morning. There's a powerful prayer I read a couple times a week called Command the Morning Prayer, and this is in it. And declaring scriptures is really, really powerful when you're praying. So if you're praying for something, uh, it's, it's really important to listen for a scripture to declare because it's the truth and it's the sword. So um, I'm going to just declare the scripture over this oppression and attack. Um, so the Lord, the Lord is speaking in Job saying, Have you ever commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld and their uplifted arm is broken. And I speak this over this church in the name of Jesus. Is there anyone in here that does not or has not felt the touch of the Spirit this morning? So I'm assuming that everyone can log. You haven't felt him yet, Don? Okay. Now I know you have in the past, right? Or is that? Pardon? Okay. For the rest who have who have felt the spirit, I want you to make a touchstone out of it. And by that I mean something that you can bring back to your consciousness to tell you that this stuff is real when you're out in the world telling you it's not. And when you get something, don't hold it to yourself. Now the Bible talks a lot about rivers and talks a lot about water. What do you know about a pool of water that has no input and no output? Gets stagnant, doesn't it? Okay. Biblical principle is that when we are given, we need to give it away to get more. So if God gives you a touch, share that. Sometimes it'll be for yourself and personal, and sometimes it'll be for someone private. And that's okay. But what you need to let people know is, yes, the Spirit's real. You hear from the Spirit, the Spirit moves, and he has not forgotten us and abandoned us. Because that will build the faith as a body that we need to move farther into the kingdom of light and combat darkness. Does everyone understand that? And sorry if I'm being a bit passionate, but I, I get that way over this stuff. I've had way too many experiences with the Holy Spirit to have anyone ever tell me it's not real. Um, some of them are subtle. Some of them are dramatic. One of, the one, I, one of the ones that I can share is when I was younger, no, let's see, probably around 1977 or 78, so I would have been late 20s. 
I was being a real idiot, and I had my three-year-old daughter on the back of a motorcycle going down an interstate. Now, that, that in itself should have sent me to the bad daddy's farm. But I didn't know that back then. Turns out my daughter fell off the back of the motorcycle. And as that, some, as that was, hum yeah, come on, I can't even talk. As that was happening, something grabbed my hand and brought it behind me and grabbed her. Saved my kid, because she wouldn't have needed saving if I'd been an intelligent human being back then. But God didn't care that I was being stupid. He still saved me from a life of knowing I'd killed my kid. That's power from the Holy Spirit. And that happened before I knew about the Holy Spirit, because I was at a church back then that just didn't mention the Holy Spirit. Didn't teach against it, just didn't teach it. I've become convinced that if every one of us looked back, we can find some instance in our lives where something that we could not explain happened to help us. And I know that wording is awkward. But something that made no sense helped us and it saved us from something that was pretty heinous. And that was the Holy Spirit. It was God's, I think they call it preeminent grace, the grace that goes before. Even when we're not seeking him, he's seeking us with his Holy Spirit. I see some heads nodding, okay. It's not just me, is it? Okay. I'm going to speak for the staff of the church here. If there's anything any of us can do to help you become more comfortable with the life in the Spirit, come talk to us. I know Jeff would love it. Chip would love it. Andre, who's over with the kids right now, would love it. And I'll you know, share my experience with anyone. And I know Rosie will, too. Just want to say real quick, I have way, way too many, and I wonder why God has blessed me so much with all this experience and all the days mm -hmm. of my life. Mm -hmm. And it gets sweeter, and it gets better and better the older you get.
I think the last point I want to make, and I know you've heard this before, but we were born into a war zone that we did not ask for. But there is definitely a war going on between light and dark. We can become complacent, and by becoming complacent or not choosing consciously to move for light, we are helping maintain the darkness. And that's not meant to scare any one of us because every one of us has access to the Holy Spirit who will take us through everything we need to be able to combat the darkness and remove darkness. But if we think we can do this on our own, we cannot. Did anyone ever stop to consider why Jesus said the only unforgivable sin is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? He went so far as to say we can talk badly about Jesus and that's forgivable. We can talk badly about the Father and that's forgivable. We can talk badly and do bad things to each other, and that's all forgivable. The one thing that's not forgivable is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Does anyone know why that is? Because that was the power of God in Jesus' life to bring forth light, to bring forth the kingdom of heaven. If we assign that to anything other than God, that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That's the one thing Jesus protected because he realized he needed it and he knew we needed it and it's given to every one of us. It's our choice to use it. There is power in the Spirit far past anything we can imagine. All we have to do is choose to believe in Jesus and choose to move in the power of the Spirit that's here for us. Remember 1 Corinthians 4.20. The kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. And if you look at the scriptures, I don't see one place where Jesus went and taught about the kingdom where he didn't demonstrate the power of the kingdom. A lot of places he demonstrated the power first to get people's attention. And once he had got their attention and they decided the stuff was real and relevant, he taught them about it. 
I see the same thing in the book of Acts. I see the same thing in the Gospels. I see the same thing in the church today when you go back and study um, outbreakings in the church. When you study revivals in the church, you see that. You see the miraculous moving and you see the gospel being spread. It's available today to every one of us. So Father, thank you again. If I have said something that's not of you, please take it from these people. And if what I speak is from you, Father, please grow it. Please help everyone understand how much you love us and what it means to walk in your authority. And we ask this now in Jesus' name. If you're still being touched by the Spirit, you're welcome to stay. If you want to be touched by the Spirit, you're welcome to stay. If you want to talk with any of us about it, come approach us. If not, go forth and have a blessed week. And remember, every place you go, the Spirit's with you. And you can at any time turn to Him for help. That's all I have.